Welcome to the Expressing Motherhood podcast. Host Lindsay Cabot will be talking to creative moms, finding out what kind of projects they are up to and how and when they are finding the time to be creative. To find out more about the stage show Expressing Motherhood, please head on over to expressingmotherhood.com. Thanks for joining us. Hi, my name is Lindsay Cabot, and I am the host of Expressing Motherhood's podcast, and today I'm going to be speaking with Los Angeles mom and filmmaker, Mary Trunk. Hi, Mary, are you there? I am here, yes. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for being here. So Mary is a filmmaker, and I met her through her documentary titled Lost in Living. And in Lost in Living, she followed four women over the course of several years, and these were creative women who happened to be moms and followed them to see you know, how motherhood was affecting their creativity and vice versa. So, Mary, I wanted to ask you, I was actually just on the Lost in Living website, and, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to, why don't we tell people about Lost in Living, if you want to tell them more about it, how old your daughter was when you started it. Go ahead. Sure. Um, well, the film uh, was uh, really the the beginning of my search for how to continue making art and raise a child. And I had moved to L.A. when my daughter was one and a half, and right away my husband got a job in San Francisco, totally crazy. So I was here by myself not knowing a single person and trying to edit my first documentary. And it was becoming difficult. <laughs> Lack of motivation, the constant interruption of a toddler, and I just wondered how women who, who are trying to be artists, how do they how do they manage? How do they do both? So, um, and you know, frankly, I was looking for people like myself. I, I was looking for friends, and um, so I just had this basic idea that I would try and find women who were in, in the similar predicament that I was in. And I did meet quite a few. Um, I ended up narrowing it down to the four women that are in the film, I decided it would be ideal if I could find someone who was pregnant and follow them through the transition. Because as we all know, as mothers, it's just not a reality until that baby comes out. <laughs> and right. um, and so, but and, and luckily I actually met two women who were pregnant at the same time, both of them best friends. And that was like really opened the doors up to wow, I could follow this and get all kinds of uh, interesting subjects. You know, not just the mother-artist thing, but friendship and how children change that. And then I decided to um, pair them with two women that have older children. I was thinking it would be interesting to meet adult children who have already experienced growing up with mothers who are artists. So... um, I found two women who have adult children, and I basically followed all four of them on and off for about seven to eight years. And um, the and I just I just it was so so much material was so fascinating to me, and they were so articulate and uh, willing to allow me to be a part of their lives that I there was a part of me that just didn't want to stop filming. Um, mm-hmm. But I ended up uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so during this time, was is your husband or was he during that time the primary breadwinner or did you have to work on, on top of that? 
Right. Um, actually, I didn't work um, for quite a few years uh, when my daughter was young, and I actually started the film when she was about three, So, because um, I was finishing another film um, before I actually started this one. Um, and um, But then as she got older, I um, started taking freelance teaching, just adjunct professor jobs, and um, you know, which was good because the, those usually were during the day and um, or sometimes at night, and I could figure out the childcare thing. But when I was making Lost in Living, often I had to bring her with me, and uh, that was part of making the movie. I kind of put myself in that same situation as my subjects were in, and there were many times where it was like, uh, listen, I got to turn the camera off and. My daughter's potty training. I gotta, I gotta help her in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So, those things happened. And 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 then as my daughter got older, she's fourteen now. She actually helped me quite a bit. She became quite a, a, a good assistant. <laughs> so that was that was and then, great. And so, how, did you you obviously you finance it yourself, or did you get a grant? I um, did a couple things. I did do a fundraising campaign. And then I did a Kickstarter campaign, um, which really was the bulk of the of the um, funding. And then the rest of it, because it was such a long process, I was able to squirrel away my own money and fund it myself. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was lucky too that um, I had an editor who happens to also be in the film, Karen, who worked with me at a very reduced rate, and a composer, uh, Ron Reynolds, who was. I'd worked with before and was willing to work at at a reduced rate as well. So there were lots of people who were giving me favors, and that was super helpful. So I love what you said about myself. You did shoot of it, yeah. No, I just love what you said about in the beginning how you were lonely and almost looking to create your own art, you know, community and find other women who are artistic like you in Los Angeles. Yeah. it's a lonely city when you have kids. I found it the same way. That's why I started expressing motherhood. I felt really lonely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was. I remember going to a party, like an industry party. My husband's a cinematographer, and and this woman, I I didn't even know. She, we just moved here, and she said, you know, it's going to take you two years to make any friends. And I, I just groaned. I thought, really? And yeah. actually, she was right. <laughs> Uh, but it took me a while to find uh, artistic-minded mothers because it's easy to find mothers who, you know, it's easy to take your kid to a mommy and me class or a music class and meet other parents, but to find like-minded people, you know, not always so easy. And how did you find the women for your for the documentary? Uh. Christina and Karen were the two women that were pregnant when I met them. And um, Christina's husband is a documentary cinematographer, and I was uh, he was helping me make uh, copies of DVDs of my first film. And I just happened to be at his house, and he had a machine that was running the DVDs. This was years ago. And we started chatting, and I told him I was looking for someone who was pregnant. And he said, you know, my wife is pregnant, and so is her best friend. And they called me, and we hit it off, and I, right away I knew they were the right ones. And then the other women, uh, Meryl Joan Gerber, I met um, through the Pasadena Arts Council, 
And Marjorie Schlossman, who is the painter in the film, who has seven children, and I'm one of seven myself, uh, I met her when I screened my first film at the Fargo Film Festival. And someone said, I was talking to the director there, and she said, oh, you need to meet Margie. She has seven children. She's a painter. And I looked her, went to her studio and was blown away and asked her to be part of it. So that was, it was all, you know, and, and this, this is after years of, like, meeting lots of great mother artists, but when you start to refine a film or any art piece, you you have to really start narrowing down what you what will work for you. And so even though I had met lots of other mother artists, it wasn't until I had these four together that I thought, okay, this is going to work. So, And you followed them for seven years. Then how long was the editing? And then how did you, you know, distribute it? Or how how did you get it out there? <laughs> it's still trying to get out there, but I... Um, yeah. The editing was a long process because I had about 500 hours of footage, at least. And I'm the kind of person, it's a little crazy, that I go through all my footage myself before I let an editor even look at it. And I kind of memorize it because that's how I figure out what the shape of the story is. And so I spent probably a good year doing that and putting together really culling the material, sort of figuring out what I what I never was going to use and what I might want to use. And I, when I finally worked with an editor about a year or so later, maybe a little longer, I had about 20 to 30 hours left that I was thinking, this is, this is the meat of the film. And then it probably took another year, raising money, working with Karen, who was fitting me into her schedule, um, so I'd say two, two and a half years of editing. And um, and I, I'd also say that we wanted to make sure all the other women were okay, that Karen was editing the fil- film even though she was in it. And that worked out. So um, And she did a fantastic job. I, I've worked with Karen for a, a lot over the years, and I love working with her. So that was a really she, great Karen makes great film. She makes great videos as well, so everybody should go check out Karen. Um, oh yeah, she video. is great. <laughs> yeah, I love, and she's she's a mom. Well, obviously she's a mom. Sorry, but her videos have been, you know, like her in the kitchen cleaning. I don't know. I just I love what she has done. Oh uh, yeah, no, she she's she's brilliant. I I adore her work. Yeah. And so then, once you had edited, it, then what did yeah. you do with it next? Well, I um I kind of made the decision that it wasn't really a festival film. Um. I'd been through the festival circuit before and had really great luck with my first film and did the whole festival circuit, and it was it was fun and exciting, but it still took me four years to sell that film. So I really felt like this film would get better mileage and would reach other people if I reached out to them myself. And I'd kind of already done that with my Kickstarter campaign and my fundraising uh, campaign. So... I had a, a quite a circle of people that were already interested in the film, and so I created. I had you know my website, and I had a mailing list and a newsletter, and I also created a a um, uh, why am I spacing out the word uh, a house party kit, which me which if you purchase the film for a certain price, you get a discussion guide, invitations and a screening guide about how to go about screening the film yourself. 
So I sold quite a bit of those, and I'm still selling them through my own website. And um, the film, you know, while it's not like a blockbuster by any means, I'm always surprised that I have this following in Australia and and England. And, you know, I, I get these orders, and I think, well, this is really great. We're we're all struggling with this. <laughs> it's not yeah. just America, yeah. and it's not just you know. So, and it's been interesting to 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 hear from these different women, and I've been able to Skype with them when they've screened the film, and so Fine. it's still getting itself out there because it's a never-ending kind of dilemma. But um, uh, but that's. And I had. A- oh, sorry, Mary. I had a screening just so everyone who's listening. I, Mary came over, actually, and we screened her film, and I had a handful of women come over, and everybody loved your film. But, and the discussion that it promoted, I mean, could have gone on for hours. Everybody was really into it. It was great. Um, oh, it was, I will say, Lindsay, it was probably one of the best screenings I've been to. I mean, because it was such a great location and intimacy, and and everybody was excited and and had a lot to offer. I mean, I always learn so much from talking to the audiences, so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No, thanks for coming. Um, and I love, I don't know, I love your idea of packaging it and sending it out and promoting discussion, sort of like the modern yeah. book club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just felt like, you know, frankly, it's, I knew it wasn't going to do well in the festival thing because the, Women's stories, especially mother stories, yeah. are just just not that interesting to, to the world. <laughs> I mean, okay. we, I know. Wow, I can't believe you. you know, that's really interesting. You said that about the fact. I didn't know why. I mean, I know that. I live in Hollywood, and keep going. But nobody. We both do. We live in LA. I mean, I don't know why our stories are not interesting to people. Well, and and I have to be honest with you. When I first decided to do this project. I was talking to my husband, who I adore and who's always supportive, and he looked at me and he said, no one's going to want to watch that movie. And I thought, oh, my God, like, you are just as biased as everyone else. Wow. And we'll say that he um, he did come with me to film Christina and Karen one day, and after that interview he looked at me and he said, you know what, you do have a film. And the the if people just took them, I think the problem is that it has the word you know the the description of the film has the word mother in it, and that is what people just go mm no, and and yet when other people single people male people any you know people who don't yep. have children they look at it and they go oh I get it <laughs> I know but it it's a hard sell. Yeah. Like how do you how do you get people to see your show? Oh, other than I, know. I mean right, other than mothers, they stop. I think they're dragged along because either they know somebody performing and once I grabbed this man, um a young gay man and he was just he came up to me he's like I loved it. And I said, "Can I please yeah. record record you saying this?" Because I mean, and I've had, you know, they do end up liking it, but it's it's funny what you say about mother. When people hear the word mom, they think, oh, I know what that's about, or they just have this idea of what we moms are. And I was in the last ep- the last podcast, I was speaking with Elizabeth Souter and saying how moms and creativity, like, when you think of an artist, I guess you think of sexy, or at least I do. And mom, you don't necessarily think of as sexy, and 
can't be seen as an artist, and she doesn't have, you know, that amount of time um, that you perceive as a young man who's an artist does, or any artist who's really throwing himself into art. Well, exactly. I mean, and and the sad part is that we are all affected by cultural bias. So the the bias and the stereotype is that an artist can't have children because, or specifically a female artist, because it will just bury her and she won't produce anything good. I mean, and we've certainly heard of art, some artists. I mean, I was just reading about Doris Lessing abandoning her two children, you know, because she wanted to write. And year, this was years ago. But this, the thing is, that's just it. It's it's just a cultural bias. I mean, and the sad part is that other women have it. Other moms have it, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I find do. myself doing that, too. I'm hoping it's going to change in our lifetime because I'm shocked that I guess I'm here, you know, I'm 38 and, yeah, I told somebody, I was like, hey, let's do Expressing Motherhood on HBO. And then, no, that's too male-dominated. Okay, how about Lifetime? No, Lifetime, that you know, you're too raunchy for Lifetime. I'm like, well, okay, well, it, and, you know, they're like, no, it'd be too boring to watch women tell their stories. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? I see shows like this all the time, and I'm fascinated by people's stories, but it's... Right. I'm hoping, hoping like, with Netflix and Amazon that the medium of TV, it obviously is changing, and hopefully will open up. Well, and I think... I think you're absolutely right. I think I think the big thing is there's a lot more venues out there. There's a lot more areas where all kinds of stories can be told, and that's really important. Um, you know, and and I find that I I'm pretty optimistic about that even though it does mean way more content is also out there that, you know, is right. kind of crappy, yeah. but um but I will say this, you know, as when I was I I I'm the oldest of 7 and I was like, "You know what?" I'm not having kids because I won't be an artist. I just I decided that I, if it's just going to hinder me, it's going to cause all kinds of problems. I already took care of six brothers and sisters. I don't want to do this. And I got I got older, and I was like, you know what? I don't know why, but I want to do this. And I remember even actually talking to my therapist and saying, you know, I'm terrified. She said, Mary, why do you think you're not going to be an artist? Maybe you'll be a different artist, but you still can be an artist. And I, just her saying that, I thought, I never really thought about that, that you could be a Love different that. artist. And yeah. I just thought I couldn't be one at all. <laughs> and, well, I, um, I thought the same way. Yeah. Well, well, what's interesting is that I was reading that after when your daughter was a year and a half, you started videotaping yourself for 10 minutes a day for a year. Right. And then that bond something for you and I almost feel like when women do have babies a whole creative there's a there's about a year where you're like oh god I'll never do anything again but then I feel like right. a huge creative creative burst can come from that oh yeah I mean and and as I wrote in my on my website it was it was really more of a way for me to kind of jump start uh the creative process because and not, I I think I think it's great when people want to post photos of their kids or do things involving their kids, I'm all for that. But I do think that as an artist, you still have to be take the be responsible for creating work that moves people in a way that that is bigger than that or is uh, how do I say this? I do work because I want to make things that I never thought I could make before. And um so I probably would never show people that footage of my daughter 
because that was just like a way in. But it was a good way okay. in. You know, you know what I mean? It's like I just think it's like when you start to, to if you're going to be a painter, like let's say, you know, it's like anything. They say, oh, you got to go 10,000 hours in something to be any good at it. And you yeah. know what? They're kind of right. So um, yeah. that was what it did for me. It was kind of like, okay, I'm in this world. How do I how do I work it? How do I be creative in it and use it to as a stepping stone to whatever else I'm going to do? And it was great. That's funny. That's funny. There was two other women. We all started blogging, and then as soon as we one of us became a photographer, opened up a photography business, another one did a clothing line, and I did the show, and we all shut our blogs down. Almost oh, like wow. that was yeah, it was interesting, huh? I shut yeah. mine down, right? I know, and um, because I didn't want to, I I wasn't ready to, I didn't really want to, um, you know, share all all about my family, um, so right. I shut it down. But anyways, but same it is, kind of. But it maybe it led you to to your show. Oh, I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it did. So and no, so what are you working on now? Well, um, it's funny that you say that. I, I'm I'm actually at home packing all my equipment. Um, I'm going to back to UC Santa Cruz. I went to college there. I majored in dance, and I'm working on a sort of hybrid documentary about my former dance life and and what that really meant to me. And much like what we just were talking about, it really was the source of something that pushed me to do anything I'm doing creatively. And even though I'm not a dancer and choreographer anymore, it still influences me. And I and I'm meeting with all the well, not all of them, but many of them that I actually danced with many years ago. We're all coming together at UC Santa Cruz. I've got a studio there, and we're going to just choreograph and work together and film together. I'm going to do a lot of interviews, and um, it's just a big shoot of really finding out how the the creative life and dance life influence them or not. <laughs> so, uh, That's I'm leaving. awesome, Mary. Is, yeah. You're leaving when? Sorry. I'm leaving this week, so um, so that should be very interesting. And you know, we're all a bit older and a little freaked out that we can't move like we used to. But um, <laughs> oh my God, that's going to be try. great! So, are oh, you going to yeah, be there? Gonna... How long will you be there and film for? Uh, about a week. Um, it's not very long. I, I've been tra- I've been spending the past year traveling around, all, going to visit different people as well. But this is. Um, what we're calling dance camp, where we managed to get a bunch of them to come to Santa Cruz. And actually the Alumni Foundation is helping us because it's the 50th anniversary of the school, and we got our former studio available. And uh, so they all want to come, and, and uh, some of the people haven't seen each other for like 25 years. So it will be quite, wow. the, quite the reunion. <laughs> now, are they so coming we'll on their own – are they coming on their own dime, or are you? Do you have to pay for them, or how does that work? No, um, you know, and and that's partly why we can't get everybody to come. Um, people who can afford it are coming. I worked yep. with the school to get a studio space and uh, you know free parking and stuff like that. But um, but you know that the other people who haven't who can't come, most of them I've been able to visit myself, so that's been fine. Um, but I'm I also. I'm choreographing and sending them uh, sequences to learn through the mail and all kinds of different uh, projects they can work on on their own that will contribute to my main big overall project. So, so it's a little bit That's, different than my past work. Yeah. It's more, 
uses a lot of different materials and platforms. So. Oh, I love it. So you've already choreographed something and sent them something that they're working on to move? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's part of, yeah, we'll, they'll okay. come and, yeah. So it's kind of, um, we're still working on it. It'll be a little less um, of a conventional documentary. It's more, it may be something that has a, a um, an interactive website with it. I'm just not sure yet. It's still sort of formulating, but. Um, yeah, I love so it. that's that's been the new one. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. And will you bring your daughter with? Will you bring your daughter with you, or will she stay home? She would. Yeah, she's coming, and so is my husband, who happens to have some time off. And my daughter is. Um, she's pretty um, capable with the camera, and um, she actually is dancing herself. So she may be in the film. I'm not sure yet, but um, but you know she's yeah. 14. You know how that goes. It's like, mm, mom, I'm not so yeah. sure. So yeah. <laughs> I, I try to respect that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that idea sounds great, Mary. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, so um, we'll see. Yeah, and so everybody who's listening, you can go to Lost and Living to find out more at, about, well, all, all connected. Actually, it's Ma and Pa Films, but you also have Lost and Living, right? Right. It's it's, it's actually, Lost and Living is part of Ma. You can get to Lost and Living when you get to Ma and Pa Films, so. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll connect with you that way. Um, the, you can host your own Lost and Living screening at your house, which I have done, and we had so much fun. Um, or yeah, Oh, and do you great. ever – it was great. And then as far as actually seeing the film, they have to buy the DVD, right? Well, the other thing that people can do is you can sign up on the newsletter or just like the Facebook page, and occasionally I will do free stream, limited free streaming uh, and I'll post that, and you'll be notified. And sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's a week, and you can watch it online for free. So it's not available for free right now, but it will be at limited times. Um, I'm not sure when those times will be, but generally it's like Mother's Day and International Women's Day and things like that. So Great. Okay, well, thanks, Mary. We're about out of time, but thank you so much for joining me oh, on thank the you, Expressing Lindsay. Motherhood podcast. No, you're welcome. It's a pleasure okay, to have we'll you. Talk and you're, soon. You're, we'll talk soon. Okay, good luck. Bye. Thanks so much for joining Mary Trunk and myself on the Expressing Motherhood podcast, where I speak to creative moms, find out what they've been up to, and how and when they're find, finding the time to be creative. The hashtag for Expressing Motherhood is Xmo Show. And to find out more about Expressing Motherhood, the stage show, please head on over to expressingmotherhood.com. If you're a creative mom and are interested in being on my podcast, please email me. Uh, you can go to expressingmotherhood.com and find my email, lindsay at expressingmotherhood.com. I'd love to hear from moms in all different types of creative fields all over. That's it. Until next time, thanks so much for joining me.